We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to US News and World Report, we're the 25th top paying career. Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Recorded live. Well, hello there. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Red and Black Podcast. I'm doing this always by Mr. Roy Anderson. Well, that's three weeks in a row. Oh, yeah, for us to actually get this thing coordinated and on time, yeah, it's kind of miraculous. However, I'm still trying to pull up in the uh, in my little uh, man cave here the election results, so got to have that on in the background. Yeah, um, I can't lie. I just literally woke up just a moment or two ago. I fell asleep. Yeah, no, it's... Um, it's been pretty wild, and myself and anybody who knows me, you know I'm big into politics and all that kind of stuff, and this is kind of mind-blowing for me in a lot of different ways, and I've been I've been settled on the idea that I was not going to be happy regardless for a few months now, but this is just shockingly bizarre. I'm sorry, but sometimes American people can be stupid. <laughs> well, well, American people were doomed when it came down to these two candidates, regardless. So um, it was just a different kind of Mitt Romney run again? Yeah, but no need to go into politics. Let's give people a lovely reprieve. Why don't you uh, tweet out the link for it and the phone number so people can call in or something and listen to us. Uh, give them a little bit of uh, something else to pay attention to. Let's get it out there real quick. Well, while we do that, um, since this is Red and Black, we mainly talk Raiders and Cardinals. But let's get into that card. I mean, the um, Raiders game last week. Absolutely. Uh, hold on real quick. I'm getting a tweet out. It's really bad because my stupid phone's not cooperating. <laughs> hold on. He's got the number. There it goes. And I just included you in on it. Yeah, so um, really fantastic week for uh, Raider Nation in general. It's kind of incredible. I mean, we talked about what the Raiders had to do in that game to be successful, and it really couldn't have gone better, oddly. (laughs) I mean, what did we talk about? You know, uh, possess the football, run it right at, you know, run it right at – Denver, exploit the hash marks in the passing game. And that's exactly what they did. It's just kind of this bizarre this bizarre world where, you know, the Raiders did what they were supposed to do. And honestly, it really took me some time to wrap my head around it. But it was a phenomenal game, a phenomenal experience. And it's just so great to have meaningful Raiders football, you know. It's crazy. Will you stop it there? <laughs> What's up? I said, I said you stop it there. I'm settled for whatever the Cardinals are playing right now. 
yeah. Uh, well, like I said, there's always room on the bandwagon for you. And, oh, I'm uh, <laughs> You need a reprieve. No, it's, it's weird. I mean, both West divisions are crazy tight, and the NFC West right now is tight for, like, all the wrong reasons. It's like nobody can get their crap together. <laughs> Oh, I think we lost Isaiah. Did we lose Isaiah? No, you didn't. Oh. No, you didn't. I'm trying to copy and paste the numbers so I don't have to murder. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so Isaiah's working on that, get it out for the people so they can maybe get away, you know, listen to a little bit of football. But it's, um, yeah, no, it's it's been a crazy a crazy year in general. I think when you just look around the NFL and you look at some of the ways some of these teams have turned out, I think it's kind of staggering, you know? I mean, the AFC West by itself is its own topsy-turvy nutcase of a division, okay? And it just happens to be that there are really, four really good teams in there because the Chargers have not been horrendous, even though sometimes they just figure out ways to blow their own legs off. Would you look at some of these other divisions? I mean, the Jags were a team. Lots of people had faith in. They've fallen apart. Um, you know, you look at Tennessee Titans. You know, like that division just by itself, Indianapolis, it has been kind of a uh, has been kind of a nutcase. You look to the AFC East. That's probably the one division where it's basically same crap, different season. <laughs> you just you have the you have New England, and then you have a bunch of nonsense after it. And then the AFC North is like completely topsy turvy. I mean, that's the South. Um, I think we. I don't know if we talked about Nathaniel Hackett uh, after he took over that job after I believe Thursday night was it? Yeah, it was right after. Their, it was like right after their last game. They fired Greg Olson and then they uh, promoted Nathaniel Hackett. Who Nathaniel Hackett has a lot of is kind of viewed as a, as a next. You know, very people are very optimistic for him as an offensive coordinator. Um, you know, a lot of good experience out there. Seems to be a you know pretty sharp dude. I mean, if you were gonna do that, why didn't you just fire Gus Bradley too and just promote Doug Marone? Honestly, I think be, I think because Shad Khan doesn't want to just can a coach in the middle of the season. Um, you know, I, I don't really think it, it, it's not a good look for stability purposes, even if you're tanking and you're not doing well, you know, it, realistically just ride out the season with your head coach. Cause I mean, you may as well, if they're really going to flank and tank it, maybe we'll get the best pick possible. I mean, what, what's there to really get out of it? Um, you know, and just and make the change during the off season, you know, and bring in a whole new a whole new group of individuals who can really rework your entire front office and coaching staff. Yes, and that's now over with. It's surprising. I mean, if this was any other division, um, you know, the team that's in first place like the Texans, they would have, you know, kept the lead. But no. Everybody's in the division. Still in. Yeah, and I mean that a that AFC South, you know, as a division, is just it's kind of nauseating, you know, <laughs> when you look at it. It's like, 
all the teams in there. But but this is the weird thing about the current. I think this is really a microcosm of what the NFL produces with the salary caps, with free agency, with new rookie contracts, you know, and so there's so much incentive on constantly getting veterans out of locker rooms. I think what it produces, and along with the short off seasons, is what you get are teams that lack chemistry, especially at the beginning of the season. And this is a big thing about what we've talked about with the Raiders for so long, right? And I, how long have I been saying about the Raiders' defense? Just give it time. Give it time. They need time to build chemistry, you right? I your core is kind of shaky, to be fair. What's that? Your linebackers are pretty bad in some areas, to be fair. Without Old Smith, I mean, even, you know, even a fraction of what Old Smith gave you, uh, kind of crappy there. Well, yeah, but, but look what happens. Look what happens when you go bring in a 28-year-old veteran like Perry Riley and put him up next to Malcolm Smith, when all of a sudden they're shutting down the Denver Broncos for 33 yards rushing. And that was that was my point. It was like give them time to gel, and it's going to be better. And I think this is why we see if you look at the top teams right now, look at how many of them have investments in offensive line, or they've had investments, you know. Um, and, and, and have organically grown their defenses um, over time and allowed them to gel together. I don't think that this is, you know, something that's mystical. I think this is the reality of the NFL. The best teams going forward year to year are going to be the teams that have the least amount of turnover in the front office, in the coaching staff, and on the roster. And it's going to take time year to year, and you're always going to see new good teams that get better throughout the season and towards the end of the year really make their mark. I just think it's the reality of where the NFL is as a league. You know, it's highly competitive, and most teams are going to be fighting to be 8-8. Eight eight. It's just the reality of the situation. So are you, do you have your uh, spread, spread up tonight? So Go through with what? Do you have the stuff up so you can do picks? Come on, man. you got to talk into the phone better than this. Let's go. Um, do you have your stuff up to do the picks? Oh, yeah, the spreads. Yeah, one second, one second. I even bookmarked it. Just one second. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, I had, a good, I had a good week against the spread, too. I was really happy with that because I had a few bad ones that were just god-awful. Yeah, well, I, I had I had one really yeah, bad week. That's not bad. Yeah, no, I had one really bad week where I went like three and thirteen or something, and I was like twelve picks over, and it like totally brought me down to <laughs> back down. And so now I'm a few over. Uh, I'm sixty-two, sixty-seven, or sixty-seven, sixty-two, and three. So I'm pretty happy with that. Well, first stuff on our list is. Cleveland Browns versus the Atlanta Falcons. Or not Atlanta. I'm sorry. I, I'm, like, like I said, I'm looking at two different games. Um, oh. I woke up just recently. <laughs> um, it's the Browns versus Ravens. I get the Browns. I think it's uh, highly competitive. I think it's close. I give it 
friends, like she's the first one of the year. If I can't get it here, I mean, there's no hope. Yeah, the, I just have like literally zero faith in the Ravens that they can really beat up any team. And right now, this line is Baltimore favored by ten and a half. And now I've been rolling with Cleveland in these huge lines pretty much all season, and it's bit me in the butt pretty much all season. So I think I'll continue to roll with it just until it finally hits. So I think this is going to be Cleveland's going to, you know, not lose by more than ten and a half points. Because I just have zero faith in Baltimore. I mean, that offense is disjointed. Well, that they were enough to shut down a broken down Big Ben for three quarters before he she threw a touchdown on them. I well, yeah, it, and let's not forget, no. you know, and, and, but let's not forget, Pittsburgh shut down that offense for the most part, and if it wasn't for the fact they had a 95-yard touchdown to uh, what's-his-face, the ex within two minutes of the game, within yeah. the first two minutes. Exactly. It's not for the fact that, you know, he's basically in single man-up coverage, and he happens to just create a little bit of space on a simple out route and then just uses the speed to house it. If it's not for that simple fact, I mean, that offense literally did nothing all day long. It was aggravating. And Pittsburgh is really a flawed defense. Why don't they use Kamar Aikidem seems a bit more? I know they use Mike Wallace down for a deep threat, but Aiken could be a nice slot guy. I think it has more to do with their offensive line having issues. I just don't think that offensive line is really in sync. And if they cannot lean on you and run the ball well, they just seem to be completely disjointed and, you know, mildly lost. You know, they're, they're a team that's so reliant on play action and, you know, deep seven-step drops, it just they just aren't there off with the offensive line. And then when you had an offensive coordinator – try to go to three-step drops and quick slants, it blew up in their face because Flacco can't handle it because his wind-up is so big, like David Garrard back in the day. Or Byron Leftwich, I should say. Well, all i got to say is, if you have Terrence Quest right now, um, as you're starting running back, you have issues. <laughs> you have issues? Yeah, for sure. And uh, the rookie, his name escapes me at the moment, but he should have won this job a few weeks ago after he came back. Are you talking about the on the offensive line, the left tackle? The running back. Oh, the running back. Uh, Dixon. Yeah. Yeah. He should have won this job weeks ago. Well, he, but Dixon didn't even, I don't even, he did not impress me in that football game either. So, I don't know. I don't know where they go. I mean, he I, looks I, good on third down. That's all he does for me. You know, well, ultimately, you know, they have a lot of use on that offensive line, especially on the left side. I just think this year is kind of that tweener year where they're not rebuilding, they're kind of retooling, and they just kind of need to put it all together. But it's not quite there yet. So who are you taking? Well, I'll take I'll take Cleveland and the points. Um, most likely, Baltimore wins this game, but I do think Cleveland keeps it closer than ten points. Well, 
last week was what a what a year with the World Series. I'm, I was hearing there were some good games. I did not watch a single one. In the World Series? Yeah. I think I watched I, I watched four. I got to watch four of them. Uh, I interesting. Nothing. <laughs> Here's an interesting conspiracy theory. Um, so it was 100, 108 years between World Series wins for the Cubs. There are 108 stitches in a baseball. So apparently it was ordained by the baseball gods. Falcons versus Eagles. Bird game. Yeah, this is um this is definitely kind of a toss up here. I mean, Atlanta, the six and three Atlanta really? Falcons. They're only half point favorite against Philly, which is interesting. You gotta think that maybe that Philly defensive front can shut down some of that Atlanta offense since well, they're gonna be are at home. <laughs> But they've been a bad home team, haven't they? Who? The Eagles. Uh, I'm not sure on their home record, um, but that's probably why they're you know a half point favorite is because they're getting the three points for being the home team. But even so, Atlanta's offense does seem to, without having the depth of running back, isn't quite the same. You know, lacking Tevin Coleman in the passing game seems to slow down slow them down a little bit. They just don't have the same options out of the backfield. Um although they're still highly effective. I guess it really comes down to can the Atlanta defense really fool Carson Wentz at any point. That off you know, that Philly offensive line hasn't been great. You know, can Beasley maybe get in and get some pressures. Ooh, I'm wow. Um Honestly, it's to me, it's really close. I basically view it as a toss-up, and I have zero faith in Philadelphia. How dare you? <laughs> First of all, I know this has nothing to do with win or losing, but Atlanta's just a fun team to watch for stuff. You know, it'd be huge if they got Tim Coleman back this week, along with Devontae Freeman, you know, still being healthy. Um, in other words, they have Julio Jones against possibly the worst cornerback group in the NFL. I think Malcolm John or Malcolm Jenkins and Ronnie McLeod will be exposed next week. Julio, there, uh, I think this is a big Justin Hardy game. I think news locked down, and you have Julio just going off of him. I mean, I could totally see that happening. I mean, I don't think that's crazy at all. I mean, I could totally see precisely that outcome. That's why this, you know, that's why this is a toss-up to me. It can go so many different directions. You know, I just really don't. It's obvious that the Atlanta offense is lacking just a little bit without Tevin Coleman. It's just not, it's not the same. So if he's out, I just don't know what to think of their offense. It's not quite as explosive I definitely don't have any faith in that Atlanta defense. You know, and, I mean, Carson Wentz is a rookie quarterback, and he's definitely shown some flaws recently. So, like I said, I, I tend to lean towards Atlanta. But um, it's not an easy one to pick. Should be an exciting football game, though. Yeah, I just think there's no way the Eagles win 
Well, you know what won't be an exciting football game? Please enlighten me. Maybe, but the Los Angeles Rams against the Jets. That's going to suck. Whatever the under is for this game, take it. Because this game is going to suck. It was a pick-up. I picked the Jets. (laughs) Yeah, Jets are one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Um, I just bite... The Rams have burned me so many times, and I would love to see the downfall of all things um, Jeff Fisher. But this just feels like the New York Jets are falling apart and Los Angeles rebounds here because Jeff Fisher's mustache will will it. So I'll take the Rams. Again, if he loses three more games, he's now the losingest coach in NFL history. Yeah, but you know what? When you're um, telling two of your defensive line, when you're treating two of your defensive linemen like they're playing for a D1 college against, you know, uh, a D2 school, and you're like, hey, you're going to have to miss the first quarter because you got drunk at that party over the weekend, I don't really take your program seriously, and it really makes me wonder about what the hell's going on with the New York Jets. Like, it seems like there's something seriously flawed with the chemistry and the locker room on that team, and it scares the crap out of me. And this just feels like, you know, the glory of the mustache rebound game for Jeff Fisher. Okay, since we jumped ahead in in the games, I have taken the Jets. I don't like it. I feel dirty about it. (laughs) I don't feel comfortable with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of these picks you're going to feel dirty about because they're dirty games. Um, so I take it you got the you said you got the Rams. Yeah, I'll take the Rams, and I feel like I want to gag on a spoon. Okay, back to being on schedule. Bears, Buccaneers. Talk about toilet bowls. Ugh. Doug be back this week. I'm gonna, look. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I think Jameis tears them up. He and Mike Evans go off. Well, Mike like, Evans can play because it's concussion. Oh, that's right. Ugh. Man, why can't I sit Austin Safarian James full team? And then Jameis' injury with his knee. Yeah, but he's good to go for the game, isn't he? I have not heard anything. Neither have I. I was just kind of assumed he was good to go for the game. Oh, crap. Well, if Jameis is out, then that changes everything. I still think Jameis, without Mike Evans, could beat the Chicago defense. I mean, that doesn't worry me. You got Cameron Brace, you know, who bears cast off the tight end to save their lives. Well, yeah, and don't forget they also have uh, that old uh, Raiders tight end, what's-his-face. I can't remember his name all of a sudden. But uh, that, that Chicago defense is trash. Or, I mean, that Chicago offense is trash. The oh, is that Miller? Is trash. Were you talking Zach Miller? No, not Zach Miller. The other one, Myers. Myers. Ah. Yeah, Myers. Oh. He went to Iowa, I think. I think he went to Iowa. Still for the um, 
team to be so trash, you know, on the offensive line, how is it Jacquez Rogers could play so well with that many touches? I don't. I think that with the like with the Tampa Bay offensive line, I think Tampa Bay is an offense structurally. I think most teams are immediately playing towards forcing Jameis to beat them in the sense that they want Jameis to throw the ball because he'll make mistakes. So they tend to play soft. And they give the running back opportunities to run the ball, and they kind of help the offensive line by allowing them to be a little bit more forceful. But once you just to start, just do enough to just slow them down, Dirk Cutter basically goes in a panic attack mode and just starts trying to sling it and then gets them in trouble. That's kind of what it looked like to me when the Raiders were playing them. Because you saw, like, the moment the moment Dirk Cutter felt like Tampa Bay had a decent lead on the Raiders, they completely shut down that offense. It was completely unaggressive. They didn't let James do anything with the football. I think Dirk Cutter doesn't have any faith in him and thinks he's going to turn it over a lot. I think teams want them to turn it over. And so well, I think what they're going to do is they're going to sit back and sit on those opportunities early, and if they could pick one off and jump on them offensively, then they're going to have an opportunity late in the game to do the same thing. Oh, it's mind-boggling. They signed Cecil Schwartz a while back ago, and he's still not getting many, much snap, more snaps for uh, Russell Shepard. Maybe because he's not good. Or maybe he's still learning the offense, too. Yeah, well, just because he had a couple of decent years with Jacksonville when that team was garbage doesn't mean he's any good anymore. He was good last year at times when healthy. Yes. Whatever. Pick your your dumpster fire. Chicago or Tampa? Chicago. Uh, uh, Crap. May as well just take Chicago. They're getting one and a half. Why not? So speaking of crap, how about the AFC West? Houston and Jacksonville. AFC South. No. You're the West. I know. The AFC West, the AFC South is crap, but that's Houston and Jacksonville. Let's hold a segue, dude. Keep up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jiminy Christmas. Texans win this, and I think it's ugly fashion with Lamar Miller. I could totally see Lamar Miller going off in this game. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think I think Houston's going to put a beat down on Jacksonville. Though um, the Jaguars giving Chris Ivory more opportunities, Ivory looks like he still has some gas left in the game. After that 40-yard run, you know, they kept giving him momentum. Uh, they used yielding more on a passing down basis. And they trusted Ivory as much until he fumbled it if, when he should have scored. That fumble really should have been a touchdown. It's a bad call. But anyways, I think if they can lean on Ivory a little bit more, like how the Jets tried using him, you know, run the ball early, and maybe if you fall behind, then sling it. But do not sling the ball unless you absolutely have to. 
Yeah. Um, I think this is definitely going to be a battle of two offenses that um, in all honesty don't don't really deserve any faith. However, Houston has playmakers with a quarterback that is just on the just on this side of really, really bad and could actually connect with them downfield. Blake Bortles I, I mean, I was never a fan, but you know, it's seriously derailing in some bizarre ways. Um I mean, I, I think Houston would actually stop a mud hole in them personally. I would, but even this new offensive coordinator, I'd like to, you know, see him a little bit more before I make the final judgment. They are two and six, so if they lose this game, they're basically technically out of contention. Unless you know, if they lose another game. Yeah. Hey, hey. the Texans. I don't like it. I mean, there's a lot not to like, regardless. <laughs> you know, it's like it doesn't really matter which one of these teams. I mean, it's hard not to like everything is. I don't like it. You know, it's 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 a it sucks. I mean, uh, time to move on. Uh, so it's just but this is one of, this is one of those games that's just infuriating because. The quarterback that play is throw it out there. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> so, what, so what's the next? Green Bay, Tennessee? Uh, Broncos. Oh, okay. Same Broncos. Um, I think Mark Ingram set his confidence back after breaking off for a career long 75 yards and getting on the ball for 150 something yards on like eight, six carries, I think. Uh, yeah. I used Tim Hightower in the beginning to, you know, reward him from last week. And he ran effectively. And then when he put anger in, he looked fresh. He looked, you know, focused. Hey, I better perform or else I will lose my job. Yeah, and the crazy um, part is New Orleans is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, which is nuts. But, you know, you inside, inside the dome... You can run on the Denver defense. It's been proven these last few weeks. Um, especially a three-touchdown game by Latavius Murray. Um, yep. And <laughs> well, the other, the other thing too, you know, let's let's see. You know, they might be without. We I, I haven't really seen a status update on Wolf, and if he's and out, then the pass rush. What's that? Talib and Harris might be out. Yeah, and they, you know, and let's face it, you know, the Saints, their whole thing is about getting the ball out within one and a half, two seconds. You know, Von Michael Miller's Thomas good. A big game. I'm just yeah, and, and Von Miller's good, but you know, it's hard to get to a guy in two in less than two seconds. You know, it's almost impossible. Like at most sacks come around two and a half, three seconds. So, weirdly, New Orleans, one-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm kind of feeling New Orleans. 
I mean, this this game is home for New Orleans, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. Am I crazy? It's in New Orleans. Yeah, I thought that. I've, I've, I've picked the Saints every week. <laughs> well, the Saints, have, no, no, they've been a pretty bad spread team this year, so. Yeah. Um, That's the role of the Saints. It's Drew Brees in the contention for MVP, along with Ryan and Akar at the moment. Um, yeah, but I I mean, if you really define most valuable player as the guy who means the most and puts his team on his back the most, I think it's pretty hard to not say it's Drew Brees. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's put him up there. Put him with McCown, see if you can replicate Drew Brees stuff. Not like <laughs> On that note. <laughs> um, I have the same winning title. Uh, Two touchdowns. Ooh, wow. That would be crazy. Um, well, yeah, no, I'm, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take New Orleans. I'll take New Orleans at minus one and a half. And Simeon can outbuild your breeze. You never want to get an a, an a, you know, master breeze, you know. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. <laughs> and next up, um, Packers tight. Yeah. Well, James Starks will be back, right? Woohoo! Yippee! Yeah. Hold on, say that again. James Starks might be back this week. Woo-hoo, oh, yippee! Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was wondering who you're talking about. I was like, I totally misunderstood what you said with the name. I, yeah, that was a really disappointing Green Bay outing last week. Like, shockingly poor. You know, I got I got what I needed out of Jordy Nelson. Mm. Fantasy wise. Mm. Well, because everybody cares about your fantasy team. They do. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think the Packers yes. get back on track, and I don't think it's close. I think you can extremely, I mean, not extremely, but you can pretty much destroy the secondary if, you know, you're still the top quarterback and you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the you can pick apart the defense easily. These corners are not good. Um, and you should be able to create a lead that Tennessee won't be able to come back to. Yeah, I think the point here, too, defensively, is Green Bay defense is pretty good against the run, and the Tennessee offense is highly dependent upon the run. So in that case, you kind of have to favor the Green Bay matchup on that end. And with that in mind, you know, I'm going to agree with you. Now, it's uh, minus 2.5 for Green Bay. Um, That's not enough for me to take Tennessee. I'll take Green Bay. Derek Henry, I might sway my decision just a little bit, because if he can be a bigger threat in the passing game. Yeah, and, and you know, that offensive line for Tennessee has played better. Um, you know, the, the Packers pass rush doesn't have to show up, and they need to be better in the defensive backfield, too. But ultimately, I just think the talent weighs so heavily with Green Bay that they'll end up, I think the talent will end up proving out, and you'll see uh, Green Bay win. Um, this is a, this was a tough game. Panthers, Chiefs. Panthers on a two-game winning streak after 
a very underwhelming performance against the Rams. Um, but anyways, I think uh, the Panthers take this. I think they continue on this win streak. I think they finally put put it together. Yeah, uh, this is a crazy line to me. Carolina's a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Kansas City, which is nuts. Kansas City is 17 wins in its last 20 games, so you could definitely say they're due for a, lo- for a, a loss. Um, I believe this game is in Carolina. I really, I really don't like the line, so I'm going to take Kansas City plus three-and-a-half, making the assumption that Alex Smith is going to be back. And Travis Kelsey will be back. Well, it is stated that Alex Smith, I can't say the same thing about Travis Kelsey. I could suspend him. Well, Travis Kelsey was being a douchebag, but, you know, it is what it is. He's still a good player. So was the ref. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, with Travis Kelsey, too, is you look at Carolina, and they actually match up really, really well against Kansas City defensively because they have so much speed at the linebacker position between, you know, Keekly and uh, the old man there, Not you know. And, it, well. and like because, of, because, of that, I, because of that, I think they could kind of nullify Travis Kelsey. So um, I don't like the points. I, I don't like um, the minus three and a half for Carolina. So I'll take the Chiefs plus three and a half. But I wouldn't, you know, that leaves a lot of room for Carolina to still win. And for the well, Chiefs to cover, so. So I need uh, Travis Kelsey to do something. He is my fantasy tight end. I was hurt when he was ejected last week. <laughs> I lost. I lost by mere three points. Jesus fucking Stephen House. And, and again, because everybody cares about your fantasy team. Where are you, Stephen Hauschka? <laughs> At least you didn't have Blair Walsh. No, Hauschka ruined the last week for me. Four games. <laughs> Uh, we're losing the streak. Yeah. Oh, anyway, Vikings Redskins. Interesting football game. What do you think? La. This defense does not match well. I mean, it matches well against the Redskins. I don't know what to think of who the Redskins are. Are they trying to run the ball with Robert Kelly? Or is Matt Jones still in the doghouse? Um, Dan Bradford, I think he's trying to be evaluated for concussion. They activated a third quarterback this week. Um, and it doesn't, this hasn't looked any good. You know, without Adrian Peterson, you can say what you want about you know him not being there. I mean, him not being effective. But when he was on the field, people still feared, you know, the big run. And with that happening, their defense was able to capitalize on some other opportunities with that. But now that they are stuck with McKinnon, Asiata, and Hillman, Hillman's been the better runner out of the entire three. Um, McKinnon, you look a couple years ago, he... Maybe could be a starter. No, they need to find it. It's a different option. Um, I think they just should give this thing to Hellman. This should be his backfield. He played the better best. 
And this offense confuses me entirely. Um, Cordell Patterson, who was your fourth fighter receiver at the beginning of the year, now your second in target. Um, Adam Thielen is leading you in target outside of your tight end, Cal Rudolph. Um, Laquan Treadwell had his first catch for 15 yards. Um, Charles Johnson just came back for some reason. This team on offense has been ugly with Sam Bradford. And I'm happy to say I told you so. (laughs) Spite is wonderful, isn't it? Um, Let's see here. Yeah, I mean, this this Minnesota offense is a complete train wreck waiting to happen. I don't know what's going on. It's completely discombobulated and feels like it's fraying at the seams because that offensive line is absolute and utter crap. So unless they get to, like, some really old-school West Coast stuff, I think it could be a bad night for Minnesota, and it would not surprise me if um, the Redskins win this game, the Minnesota defense, if you put them on the field for too long, they do not stand up. They're kind of like Dallas. They need to control the football to win. Um, I think I'm going to roll with Minnesota in this one. And, or, I mean, not with Minnesota, with Washington in this one. And Washington is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And I think I'll take them. Um, I think the Vikings, and I do not feel good, good about it whatsoever. Um, I pick the Vikings every week that they've played. But I do have a sneaky feeling this is going to be a big Jameson Crowder game. Yep. Had a couple of nice showings the last few weeks. And George Reed will take over, too. They can, they're can. they not good against tight ends. Yuck. So What's that? Chargers. Yeah, I want to vomit. What was that? It was Dolphins and Dolphins. Dolphins Chargers. Oh, yeah, huh? It is Dolphins and Chargers. I haven't actually looked that far ahead in some of these. Eh, haven't looked at all of them. So, um... Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, never mind. I don't... Never mind. Um, I was looking at the... I was looking at the election for a second there. Took my eyes off my phone. <laughs> um, I saw that Donald Trump is leading in Pennsylvania, and I thought I was going to pass out. And he's also leading in Michigan. Holy crap, Ola. All right, not the point. Um, as I was saying, Miami is a three-and-a-half-point favorite against San Diego. San Diego's ballot initiative looks like it's about the tank in the toilet. And uh, in the end, um, I think Miami – is going to be able to run the football well against San Diego, who has a lot of injuries in the inside linebacker spot, and gave up, a ton of points to, gave up a ton of points against Tennessee last week in kind of a despicable showing. And if it wasn't for Mariota's stupidity, they probably would have lost. I think I'm going to take Miami in the three-and-a-half points. I think this ends up being close. Uh, I don't. Well, nobody um, cares. Well... <laughs> Sorry, go, go on. <laughs> um, I think Melvin Gordon, who's been really good this season, has I think nine touchdowns 
already this year. So. Something like that. It seems like he's breaking off like two touchdowns a week. It's pretty crazy. Then I believe he's already close to closing into his thousand yard mark already. Um, he, he had two hundred sixty scrimmage yards. He had two hundred sixty scrimmage yards last week. Hundred sixty-nine on the ground. Um. Anyways, without Danny Wood, there, I think that's probably the best thing for him right now. Because now he has the whole backfield to himself. And they trust him more, you know, catching balls out of the backfield and, you know, running on third down. And it's been proving helpful. Uh, I just think Miami, who cannot stop the run or the pass to save their lives, uh, gets the ball run down their throat. And they'll try to do it with the JHI, but it won't work because they'll be too far behind. I think this is a big Antonio Gates and uh, whatever the other guy's name. Nothing Hunter Henry. No, no, no. I'm thinking wide receiver. What's his name? Oh, Nothing. number 16 or whatever. Um, not Inman. The other crap. Well, not Inman. No, I mean the other one. Um, yeah. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Williams or something like that. Yeah, Williams. Thank you. Well, I think he can be a mismatch on the field, especially with Tony Lippett as one of your starting cornerback, former wide receiver. Hey, well, Carolina or the Cardinals are doing the same thing. Well, we're oh, they bench right. Temple. Okay, so let's yeah. Well, I guess that's that's that. I mean, I can see that. I mean, I could definitely see San Diego kicking the crap out of Miami. But you, you can never underestimate the ability of uh, Philip Rivers to screw something up. So keep that in mind. I mean, so can the Dolphins. The Dolphins do it almost every time they have the opportunity to do <laughs> That's true. Except when they play the they Jets. Almost, they almost lost the Jets. What? They almost gave the game away to the Jets last well, yeah, but you do realize the Jets' power to screw something up is greater than Miami's power to screw something up. There go, uh, it was destined that the Jets would screw up and not Miami. But, see, the Chargers have a greater screw-up potential than Miami does because the Chargers are chokers. That's just how they are. Just that stands house. Anyways, Cowboys versus Steelers. Now this is yeah. Now, this is going to be a fun game to watch the Steelers get pummeled. It's going to be the uh, revenge of Super Bowl 16 or something like that. No, I'm with you on this one. Dallas is, Dallas is a two-and-a-half-point dog, which is stupid. I think Pittsburgh is going to have a mud hole run through it. Am I crazy to think Elliott will run for 200 yards? At least 200 no, I think I think, go, I think he goes for 300. Yeah. He's going to average 10 yards a carry. Run the ball three times and have 300 yards. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Pretty um, much. I think the only thing stopping him is Alfred Morris. He's still getting too many carries. Um, last week, um, they've been... 
It basically looked like Seneca Wallace and the Packers trying to tread on the field looked like he was about to swallow his own vomit when Aaron Rodgers went out. That's how bad it looked. Great. It was, I think it was 10, he threw the ball 10 times out of like 24 times at that time, and he only had like 57 yards. Love life. And this is probably midway through the third quarter. He cannot move the ball on offense. He felt the only throw short. Yeah, no, it's uh, Dallas. I just, yeah, I think it's gonna be bad. Dallas and Pittsburgh. I mean, but it's not Bryant's speed in this case. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger looked bad last week. I mean, he was completely off. Run. Yeah. No, he was completely off. Their offense was completely dysfunctional. Nothing looked right. It was a complete disaster. And I think, I think Dallas is just going to beat the crap out of them. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, just like I beat the shit out of Landry Jones another week. Just to get. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No, I think he rushed. Beat me. I think he rushed back way too quick. All right, what's next? Another SmackDown game. The Cardinals are going to run down the Niners' throats with David Johnson. Absolutely, but they're only going to win by 13 because the line is 13 and a half, and San Francisco will finally cover one. Um, the Niners looked better in the recent weeks than Kaepernick. Last week was a joke. Last week, last week was a joke. They were playing the Saints defense, and they were behind ridiculously, and the Saints well, don't know what the hell they're doing. Last week I'm was a joke. About, Kaepernick. I'm not talking about team in general. I'm talking about Kaepernick. Kaepernick looked best. like crap. Kaepernick didn't do anything until later in that game when the Saints defense backed way off, and all he did was dump crap. No. Sorry. Um, well, I'm sorry, but um, I'm not just talking about last week. I'm talking about before. Like, when he started... When he first came in after replacing Gabbard, he's awesome. He's gotten better. I think they may be able to win more with Kaepernick. I don't want it. Um, I have literally nothing to say about this game. Okay, I'm trying to find positives for the Niners fans. There are none. Um, well, you just lost Eric Armstead. Um, like I said, there are none. Only thing they can hope is that your Cardinals figure out a way to screw the pooch. Knowing them, they could find a way. Well, yeah, because half your team's crippled anyways. Fair. Well, it's not like I'm lying. <laughs> you did lose your left tackle. You lost Tyron Matthew. Are you, is Tyron Matthew back? Uh, he's out another two weeks. That's what I thought. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't stick my fo- my foot too far out my own mouth. Um, the Super Bowl rematch from two years ago. Um, actually, the teams I have have it in this year: Seahawks and Patriots. Now that should be a good football game. Uh, Seahawks. Seahawks are a seven and a half point dog. Um, I think Seattle's going to keep it close but lose. Ultimately, I think this is going to be a really enjoyable football game for everyone to watch. 
Um, and in the end, I do think Seattle's going to have trouble dealing with Gronkowski, Gronkowski and Bennett, which is going to be what New England will exploit. And New England will create just enough pressure to kind of rattle um, Russell Wilson from time to time. I think this is a big Christian Michael game. Pats are not good against the run. Um, Dalton Tower's been pretty good against the run in the middle, so I don't know. I think that'll be a tough one. I think they lost a lot already against the run. Jamie Collins was good against the run at that time. It's really going to come down to the front of New England, but I do think you know they, they do pretty well, especially in stopping the run early to force the pass when they want to. So wouldn't you know? I, I and they have enough guys at the defensive backfield that I think they can cover Seattle. They can just man them up, you know. So I, think, I, I do. I do think the matchups favor New England for the most part, especially when they're I think this game's like twenty-one seventeen. I'm taking Seattle. I say uh, Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin combined for a total three touchdowns, along along with uh, Graham getting, like, six pitches, 92 yards, maybe. Yeah, I would say maybe similar, but the exact opposite, like 21-17 New England, something like that. You know, that's kind of where I'm thinking. But I don't think it's going to be a huge high-scoring affair or anything like that. Yeah, I just think Seattle takes this and loses in the Super Bowl. I'm just saying it now. Speaking of high-scoring affairs... Cincinnati, New York Jets. Cincinnati is a two-and-a-half-point dog. Right. I would definitely take the over in this football game. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Really? How are yep. Cincinnati going to put it up, you know, just running the ball? I mean, you have Taylor Boyd. No, I think, I think they're just going to chuck it up. At three. I think A.J. Green's going to have a day. Really? Um, Janoris Jenkins is covering him. Janoris Jenkins, um, don't worry. And plus, you're going to have that safety landing columns, you know, covering him. Nah, don't worry me. Janoris Jenkins is way, takes way too many risks. And Landon Collins, good football player, but A.J. Green, psh, I ain't worried about it. Eli Apple will match up against Boyd. And then you yep. have Cromarty versus LaFell. This, this is a big game for Tyler Eifert in the running game, if if there was one. I think A.J. Green goes for 150 and two touchdowns. You got 150 yards on the ground from the running game. And Eli goes Eli, and the Giants don't do crap. I said, for a moment there, I forgot who the teams were. I'm like, and it's this game important. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, anyways, I I say twenty one ten Cincinnati. So you do agree with me? They do. I was make arguing a point with the Giants. Give them something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Perkins. To be fair, Paul Perkins looks like he's been the better runner and looks like he's taken over this job. Yeah, maybe. 
I just have zero faith in that Giants offense. I mean, it's a complete disaster sometimes. All right, man, I think it's time to call it a night. What do you think? I would probably say the same thing. Yep, absolutely. We'll find and follow you. At Holistic underscore Pickle, um, of course, my uh, other show that I do by myself, at Real TEA Show on Twitter, and then, of course, I do live commentary for the Raiders games. Although this weekend I'm debating whether or not I'm actually going to call a game. I think I might enjoy the weekend off with no Raider game. So, eh, I haven't quite decided yet. So, otherwise, um, yeah, just find me at Holistic underscore Pickle. Gonna go hang out with my wife for a little bit, then go to freaking bed. See maybe if I could see if uh, um, Michigan falls for Trump, and then I could decide, you know, whether or not I want to go choke on a biscuit. Well, you can find me at at capital S underscore capital NFL. Um, the link will be either retweeted by Rory, which I think it is right now, or not the link, but the number and all that. And the link post from my bio. I'll tweet it out after this uh, show gets loaded up. Um, and that does it for us. Uh, next Tuesday, then it'll work. In the meantime, uh, we'll see you later. See you, Rory. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.